Becker and Scotty. What is going on? Hello, hello. Hey, Tommy. I thought after that I should have done like a Becker and the Scotties, but I did not. So that maybe was a good one that we'll use in the future. But welcome back. Little break. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm. You guys sound so excited. It's amazing. <laughs> and, um, I'm also excited because we don't only have um, some holidays, you know, coming up over the future, but we also have, uh, I think, what all Beatles fandom is excited about this Get Back three part documentary coming up, um, which, you know, kind of sadly, I think when we saw that Let It Be documentary, I think we've all probably seen by now, you, you really see the dissolution of the band, the breakup of the band. Trying to take a little bit of a different view with Get Back. I am excited. And I can't believe I'm just realizing this, but it's amazing that we're recording today. Um, because as, as you guys know, today is the day that in, in 1974, um, I'm sure you know, the, the Beatles planned to have a Zoom call to discuss uh, reuniting, which it's amazing that, that we're, you know, you're kind of talking about them breaking up and... But now as we record, they have this Zoom call planned to talk about reuniting. It's an amazing thing. That doesn't seem like it was. What? Yeah, Why possible. not? I don't believe. You... Oh, it's Zoom. Call. I'm sorry. Zoom. In 1974, a Zoom call was a very different thing. You guys may not know this. Uh, it just meant you did a whole bunch of cocaine before the conference call. <laughs> <laughs> I get into that. Good evening, my blotter scruffs. Thank you for tuning in. Um, we're sorry to have made you wait a bit longer than normal for this one, but you should know that uh, I've been good, at least as good as I can be. Can you say the same? Have you been seeing any other pods behind our back? <laughs> Welcome to Blotto Beatles. Celebrated the world over as the leading pie-eyed professors of Beatles broadcasting. I'm Becker, and this is episode 36. As a reminder, we are the podcast where a couple of friends have a couple of drinks and come together to discuss and rank a single Beatles song. One of those guys, he's both a prince and a pal of mine. It's Tommy. Hey, buddy. Hello, sir. Welcome back. And of course, of course, the hardest working man in podcasting. He puts the deuces in executive producer. He's the George Martin of New England. New England. It's Scotty C. Yes. Yeah, I like it. You really Hi, are fellas. the intro master. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? It's uh, it's been a while since we talked personally and uh, and professionally, actually. So, how's everyone? Well. Doing? In, in Massachusetts parlance, I will tell you how things have been going. And, and unfortunately, we were supposed to record a couple weeks ago now, or I think it was just a week ago now. Um, but my friends, there was a stam that was a Bruin. Um, and much <laughs> like the, the, the perfect storm, it, it was kind of like the perfect storm. And, I, you know, what I imagined is that when we reached out to you and said, when Scotty and I said, we have no power on Cape Cod, there's no way we can do this. 
you were much like Diane Lane in the perfect storm. You were like, those are my boys out there. <laughs> right? <laughs> that I, is I thought, how I felt. I was, right. yeah, I was walking. I was just walking on my widow's walk, like looking <laughs> towards the ocean, yeah. hoping that you were okay. Yeah. It's interesting though. Like we call them nor'easters, yeah. but now I think the kids are calling them, uh, Bomb sli- cyclones. Yeah, those cyclones are some, bomb. Some bomb ass cyclones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I didn't. I I don't know what the difference is. I don't know if there is one. I think nor'easter is maybe just like a charming colloquialism. But uh, so the but bomb you guys cyclone lost some power. Has, yeah, you had it, some it, weather. It was a few days, and we had like a a ton of damage that they're saying is really going to take through the new year to truly clean up and get things really right. It it was. Um, we were very lucky, I think, you know, in terms of damage and things like that. Everyone I know came out safe and healthy, and that's a number one. But it was a little bit of a surprise. It was one of those things where early in the week, you're like, oh, it's going to rain on Wednesday. And by the time Tuesday came around, it was like, we might have to batten down a little more than we thought we did. It was funny because I put out that note on on the Twitters that, oh, you know, we're we're a little behind. The, the uh, two-thirds of Blotted Beatles are having some... Some weather issues and, and Julia ranking the Beatles wrote back that she was like, uh, ranking the Beatles has declared that we are the official natural disaster Beatles podcast. You guys should get on to something else. <laughs> I'm like, fair enough. Fair enough. We're not. But you uh, know what? Julia came to my defense also because I did make a call to you that evening uh, <laughs> after having. I wasn't going to bring this up. But. After having a couple cocktails and uh, I, I, I popped on to, you know. The better Tommy part gave of a, us a check in a group, a group FaceTime sort of check in. And uh, Becker's response to Julia was that I was fully riding out the storm blotto, which was <laughs> an accurate <laughs> representation. And Julia said, thank, thankfully, there is no other way. So appreciate your support, Julia. Scotty, see you're safe, family safe. Everyone's good. Everyone's good. What is nice. um? what do you mean by the deuce? <laughs> like uh deuces isn't that like a like slang for like uh peace you know throwing up the deuces there's no goodbyes only love <laughs> that's from the perfect storm you know what i'm talking about um i gotta tell you guys though i'm not feeling so great today i think that um What's wrong? i've come down with something that's been going around What's um, i've got the let it be get back fever right now. Yeah. It's going around in all the socials. It's in all of the podcasts, but I am right now feeling it. We haven't talked since all this has happened. I am afflicted. I'm afflicted. As the, well, bo- the, the box that came out a couple of weeks ago, I have barely touched it. I've, I've, I've listened to the, the, the actual, the, the new let it be stuff. I've mm-hmm. barely touched anything else that's in that box that oh, really? the, the book came out, which is fantastic. And I've been flipping through that and there's amazing fun pictures to be part of in there um and then you know we've got we've got the show coming out in 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 a week or two and i feel fully absorbed and i for a while i was like people are going crazy it's all people are talking about like we're a little meshed into this beatles verse on 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 twitter and and instagram and stuff and i was like all right i get it i'm excited i want to see it but i am fully into it right now where i'm like i i'm i just can't wait to 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 get into the show, so I, I need to talk. I, I need to talk about betrayal for a second. Is that okay with you? <laughs> Are you talking you about I, when you guys both betrayed well, me? <laughs> when we had a talk, a discussion about the next song. <laughs> well, I hear you and I had a discussion one evening about the box set, 
And yeah. you said, what are you doing with this box set? And I what said, you, you know, for the vinyl, I just, I just don't know. Like, do I need four yeah. vinyl where, where like, you know, a, a majority of it is really outtakes and, 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 all and you the, call like, them out- vinyls, which is a, a lot of, yeah, you know, a lot of controversy. I, I'm hip. So with these vinyls, the uh, like, do I need vinyls where it, it's mostly outtakes and it's not necessarily mostly a, an album or whatever? And you and I ended that conversation with you saying, you know, I really think you've convinced me that I don't need this. Yeah. And the next morning, I woke up to a text with an image from you that showed the box set in your <laughs> so home. I had kind of bought it, yeah. and I was immediately <laughs> jealous, immediately <laughs> jealous, and wanted it, and was upset I didn't have it in my own home. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we just talked each other into it or something, but I'm with you. Like, I don't traditionally absorb outtakes and stuff like that on vinyl. I think I've said this before, but um, there was something about this light of B box that, like, it was just intoxicating. I just had the yeah. the the couple of bucks like cash money in my wallet at the time, and I was like, I want this box. And some of it is the Glenn Johns stuff. Like I wanted that. It's the only way you're getting it. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be coming out any any other way. So, um, I did it. I pulled the trigger. It's nice, Scotty. It's sexy. It's super heavy. Yeah, Scotty, have you listened to it much? Have you have you done a dive? I don't have the vinyls, but um, I don't have them either. I'm jealous. I, yeah. Oh. oh. So you I can listen. I think I think I've heard some Glenn John's mixes on like uh, Beatles XM. Yeah, I've done. I so I did a Spotify thing where I, I listened to the whole thing. And uh, Becker, I think we're probably on the opposite path. I haven't spent as much time with the Giles Martin remix of the album proper as I have with the other stuff. Oh, all right. um, yeah. It, I keep wanting to like carve out time and be like, oh, I'm going to absorb this, and so I don't want to just like offhandedly listen to it yeah but and the the outtakes i think are fantastic and they're playing a lot of the outtake stuff on beatles xm scotty i'm hearing a lot of it yeah yeah that too come up in the rote which is nice um (laughs) but you're my favorite dude for like for a briefs a briefs The pandy is like still my favorite thing that I don't say to anyone outside of this podcast because it's so glib. You know, it's like so great, but it's so glib. And then you just you bust them out every episode. I love it. So um with the I do want to talk about the Giles Martin stuff. I'm I'm sorry, the the Glenn John stuff, because I had is it Glenn it's Glenn or Glenn? We we're saying Glenn? I think it's Glenn John. I'm trying to say like Glenn and Glenn at the same time. I think he's Glennis. I think it's Glynis Johns is his formal name. Because you actually hear John uh, in one of these outtakes be like, Glynis, do this or something. So, so um, Fuck of a name. <laughs> <laughs> your, mo- your mom doesn't love you. She calls you Glynis. Your mother should know. <laughs> From the get-go. I was I really excited about hearing those mixes. And I was kind of shocked at how unfinished they feel. And... The idea that Glenn was gonna say like, "Oh, this should be the record." I don't know. There, there's something to be said, I think, for the difference between an en- a really great engineer and I. There's nothing for me to take away from Glenn and all he brought to the Beatles and everything else. Um, but he, I think, to me, this shows that he was an engineer at that time, and I'm not saying he never surpassed that and became more of a producer, but he was missing something in his choice of recording takes um 
I, I think it's especially that it's the choice of take that things seemed so unfinished. And maybe that was the point for them of like this get back raw record or whatever. I don't know. I think so. I think that's what it was presented as, right? I mean, mm-hmm. to who else other than Phil Spector would be like, oh, we did the stripped down raw like live recording, and we need a guy with to an orchestra finish it. Will you? add a bunch of other musicians to it and a bunch of weird stuff to it. Like, no, that's not what anybody asked for, but it worked out in a, in a way for for everyone, I guess, but except for Glenn. Yeah. It was something in Glenn's (laughs) choice of like the take, like he's, he's picking like the, the take before the best one or something like where the performance isn't quite there. And so I understand a raw, like stripped down recording. There's, some of my favorite stuff is that but if you have one version of don't let me down and then the one right after that is superior to it why aren't you picking the superior performance you know yeah yeah so the, you're, you're saying that you you have a love for what george martin can do and what phil Spector can do you have a newfound affection it made me appreciate more what um maybe phil Spector brought to the record in in terms of the song choice, the take choice, the performance choice, I think, you know, um, the Giles Martin thing is interesting to me as well, because yeah, I. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, I, I struggle with this a, a bit. And so I'm, I'm curious to hear what you're, you're going to say, because I, I, I think I've been upfront about saying I, I don't know how much we should be fucking with this stuff. Yes. And um. Like at what point are you not serving the material, or is it no longer the artist's vision? And it becomes something that the that the producer or someone with newer digital tools is is mixing. Um, but I want to say it sounds awesome. It sounds different. Yes. It sounds a little bit manipulated, but it sounds great. And maybe this is just what needs to happen to get people to like continue to listen to things. You know, like maybe. Maybe it's not right that John and Paul didn't understand that the new way of listening to music is like tiny white earbuds that sit in your ear like maybe they maybe it's just was was recorded and developed for for new delivery methodologies that they couldn't even understand and so maybe it deserves to be fucked with i i, I don't know it made me rethink it a bit as I having think, a hardline stance i think everything sounds great yeah my concern if we're going to call it a concern or my issue with it is he's making artistic choices beyond what his dad made in term, and it's like little yeah. stuff. But it's I've listened to Let It Be so many times. It's little stuff that I noted, like his fade out maybe happens two seconds after the original fade out, and you're hearing something else that the Beatles say or do, or, or something happens a little earlier in in the take than I think Maggie May, something like that. He's he's like coming in a little earlier, I think, um, and that changes the record. That's not just a remix of what was there for a, for new headphones or whatever. That's like, an, and it's probably 20 seconds over the course of the entire record, but that's 20 but, seconds that have changed from the original artistic vision of this yeah. thing. And these are like minutes and seconds that we've labored over as listeners for like yes. a long, long time. And, so and I said his dad, and it's changed. really not, it. it's not his dad. It's Phil Spector, right? At the end of the day, but... So maybe that's why he's such a jerk about it and changes stuff more. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds great. Like on its it surface, does. it sounds it great. Does. And um, I really forget someone who just said it. Like, 
I really want to credit someone who, who brought this to my mind the other day, but let's stop talking about stuff for what it could be and accept it for what it should be. And so I feel that about like, yeah, coming, I want that like excitement about the get back movie. I want that excitement mm-hmm. about maybe let it be coming out. And that's actually why I think I bought the box set of stuff was just like, you're right. Like, why am I going into this stuff and be like, it doesn't have this or it doesn't have that. And I know we have to do a show and like, it's fun to find some moments of snark and like I'm yeah. certainly big on that for my uh, component in this podcast. But at the same point, like we're getting this cool stuff right now. Like, why don't you just take it in and and, and enjoy it for what it is? You know, I think that I think you're absolutely right. The the way the record sounds is wonderful. Like, it really yeah. is. And and I think Giles has done that through and through with all of these reissues. He's paid tribute to like kind of the artistic vision of his father with a modern ear, you know? And I, I think that's a tough line to walk, but um, he walks it like a Paul McCartney baseline pretty well. Most times, you know, <laughs> right down the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. So with all that said, before we get into this week's uh, pick, I think it is time to talk about what we're drinking. I did start the evening with a Manhattan, because things are getting chilly out there. And then, um, besides, of course, the official beer of Blotto Beetles, the Devil's Purse Handline Kolsch, which I always have ready and waiting, I did have uh, my cousin deliver to the home the other day a fine uh, pallet of Treehouse Brews. So I got some stuff going in the fridge right now. We all know and love the Treehouse stuff. and uh, a good cousin. Right now, I am having the Julius, which is a uh, an American IPA, is like most treehouse brews, pretty delicious. I've also got some purple and some classic Julius, or some haze and some pla- uh, classic Julius going on that I will probably be tasting this evening. Becker, nice. what that's do you a, have in your cups? That's yeah, a powerhouse uh, beer delivery. That's really yeah. Nice. Is that from the Cape Cod Treehouse or? It is the newly opened uh, Cape Cod Treehouse Brewery. Yeah, so it's... I've been there a couple times myself. I've never been so excited to spend $5 for a beer as I am when I go in there. <laughs> they really they really get you in that, where they're yeah. like, oh, you know, you're welcome. You're welcome to spend this much money. <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome for coming out tonight. <laughs> uh, um, I have been drinking some Monte Carlos this evening, which are uh, Talk a to me rye about whiskey, which I'm yeah. making with the, the Templeton rye whiskey. And it is a Benedictine and a little bit of bitters. It's almost like a, it's almost like a Manhattan just replacing uh, vermouth with the the Benedictine uh, liqueur. Talk to me and about the the flavor profile of the Benedictine. I don't know what it's like. We talk, is it bitter? Would, is it sweet? Like yeah, it's a little bit more herbaceous than like a vermouth oh. is probably. I would say um, it's a little slower drinking. It doesn't go down as quick for me as as just the the Manhattan, which I'm super accustomed to. And so I, I that's always good for a recording night. Although we've been talking for a couple hours tonight, so they've been going down just fine. I'm, I'm going to be <laughs> And then unlike you this evening, I'm just not a brute who just drinks beers. You know, like who drinks beers? Uh, I am drinking Ew. some red wine um, from a box. Uh, it's called the Game Box. It's a red blend. Uh, Take your California. monocle off while you talk to me first. It's <laughs> 2020. Um, you know, I, I've been getting a lot of grief for drinking the wine box. I don't know if I've ever actually drank it on the pot or not. But um, 
it's something that it, during the the pandy I've gotten into a bit. Um, I've, I've uh, it's been nice to sort of like mix it up a little bit from beers, and uh, I've been buying boxes of wine and sort of uh, they're not all good. You know, it's a it's yeah. a little uh, miss or hit. Um, what is but this? This one's pretty. What is tasty. this brand it's, again? It's called Game Box. I actually don't know the brand. It has a really nice packaging. There's a lot of like. Games show it to me like, show it to me on the can, camera I, I know this isn't great podcasting but show it to me on the camera i think like you oh, can play oh, like that you go on the side like there's a lot yeah, of like yeah. there's like a there's like a where's waldo type game becker's holding so, up a box it's purple and black in color it's got some <laughs> good got some really nice there's gold a hand too. on the front <laughs> looks a little like tarot there might be an occult <laughs> yeah that that's what grabbed me a little bit there is like a, a mystical part of it yeah. uh, but here's what i'm going to say about box wine that that their uh, quantity beer has not hit Outside of like having a keg, like clearly if yeah. you have a kegerator, the box wine allows you to pour wine at a uh, like a different rate than other at drinking. a medium. So you pace. can sort of like tease yourself a bit to be like, oh, I'm just going to pour like a quarter glass, and you can drink like a quarter glass at a time and end up drinking twenty quarter glasses. But you somehow feel better about this, like you're metering your drinking. Where if I could get beer and be like, oh, I'm just filling like half a glass of beer at a time. Um, maybe I wouldn't feel as in, in, as indulgent or something. I'm not sure that I can find it, but there isn't. There's no box well, wine equivalent of beer yet. Well, there is, but it sucks, and it's that weird Heineken mini keg. <laughs> yeah, well, no one wants that thing. <laughs> no. I got to drink five liters of like a Heineken, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and I got to buy this big metal thing. Like, it's not cool, you know. It's but okay, there's a lot of sh- you know. I will I will say this. There's a lot of shame. In squeezing the last two glasses out of a box of wine. No, there is. <laughs> pull that bag right <laughs> no, out of there. No, there isn't. <laughs> because you know when you it's it's you know like um you know you start you first tap a, a a box of wine and it pours like the pour is beautiful like a young man's urine you know and then, <laughs> then at the end of it it's this slow slow trickle and then at at the like absolute an end older of it, man's <laughs> urine. <laughs> At the end of it, you were just squeezing this bag to get like half a glass of wine. You know what I mean? it like it's uh, there's a there's a bit more sadness at the end of it. So they should fix that part of box wine. But uh, yeah, the beer industry should should sort this out. I want to be able to pour a half a glass of beer. I don't always want to crack a tall boy. I think you just need a kegerator. <laughs> I know, but that's a real investment. And then I got to move kegs around. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. you know, like I don't want to move kegs around. Do you anyway. think though you're you're gonna go through a box of beer faster than a box of wine? Oh, don't you? Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <so. laughs> but I'll do it in 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 smaller glasses and feel better about myself. <laughs> Just boxes of beer <laughs> piling up in your kitchen. <laughs> I try to hide them. <laughs> so, Scotty C, what are you drinking this evening? I am not drinking box wine, but I have on this podcast before. Yes. Um, I appreciate a box wine, even though it's funny that it's actually in a bag. Yeah, that's but true. we call it box it wine. The box is just like structure. Yeah, it's just like cover up. But anyways, <laughs> um, would you just buy a bag of wine if that was an option? Yeah, because it was like on a it, hanger, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> you just hang it. It's just IV that. I don't know if I've, <laughs> I'm I'm again interrupting this guy. I don't know if I've mentioned this, but when I lived in Spain. You could bring any vessel to like our local convenience store and they would fill it with wine. What? They had like two casks there and it was like a white wine and a red, like just like table wine. 
you could bring like your Sprite soda bottle and they would just fill it with wine and charge you like a meter like, rate for this table wine. Bring your shoe in there and fill it with wine? If Probably. I, I wasn't that depraved at the time, but I was close. <laughs> <laughs> and they would just fill it up and be like, oh, that's that's two euros or whatever. They'd fill like a like a liter bottle of like a Sprite liter bottle and be like, that's two euros that you would get wine. My God, I love Europe. I need to get there someday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm drinking Slane. Oh, slain Irish whiskey, triple casked, as we spoke before. And that will be my shot as well. Mm-hmm. But before we got on, I drank some red wine because I had a little left in a bottle here. Screw top. Nice. Just one step above the box. wine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to you're trying to power play me here? Yeah. You're saying that the dichotomies <laughs> of uh, red wine box to screw top. So, guys, we have talked about what we're drinking, I think, very efficiently, as always. And um, now it is time, because many of the listeners may not know, they're they're here for other reasons. Becker, maybe you could tell everyone who are the Beatles. And I'm worried that we don't know. I mean, we've been talking for about an hour, and we barely. it doesn't even sound like we've talked about the Beatles. But Well, and we've been on a little bit of a break due to the that stam that we talked about. So, I mean, as a quick refresher, and I think for all of us, it's important to know that I think our time frame is a little off in the program, the way that we've been talking about things, because I think it turns out that the Beatles were formed in the late 70s and were really part of this sort of emerging British new wave scene that was considered to be sort of the second British invasion. Does does that sound right? Combining punk, reggae, and jazz, Gordon Sumner, Andy Summers and Stuart Copeland, they conquered the world and uh, called it quits in just a few years span. Nope. Um, piecing out with an armful of Grammys, Brit Awards. Um, actually, none of them were ever heard of again, which is seems weird because, like, I think this Gordon kid, like, uh, he really could have been something if he wanted to be. So, um, <laughs> do you know anything? If only about he had some a better these... name. If only he had a better name. Do you know Gordon. any of these uh, incredible tracks from the the? Um, yeah. I'm sure I will. I want to know. Every little thing she does is Magical Mystery Tour album. <laughs> yes. I think this was a really big one. Uh, uh, do you guys know Ghost in the Mushies Leaving Home? <laughs> when, when I'm Synchronicity 4. <laughs> Synchronicity <laughs> 4. <laughs> um, all Stings Must Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Canary in a Coal, I Me Mine. Um, oh, God. And your bird can sting, uh, and instant instantric karma is a big one. That you man can make love for a long time. Yeah, that's oh John Lennon, God. right? All stings. My <laughs> Did you say all stings? I don't believe that John Lennon can make love for that long. I really don't. <laughs> I, not at a sting level. Did you say all stings must pass? That yeah. was my favorite. I think, <laughs> dude. I can't fucking wait. Oh. <laughs> burn we'll cut that um, i don't want anyone to die <laughs> but i don't like sting either i am sorry to tell you once again my friend you are not talking about the beatles i these i know these, i know i know it keeps happening you are talking i believe about the the police where ah uh. Yeah, no, fuck, fuck the police. <laughs> I was gonna say some people would say f them, not me. 
Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I scream that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, um, maybe we should. I mean, th- my experience with the 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 police is really limited to um, Ghost in the Machine. That was the the record I spent the most time with. Um, and you know, so like you know, I love every little thing she does as magic. But I think I I need to uh, to drift into some other areas. And so maybe we do a police podcast where we have a couple drinks and we go on this journey together and we just call it message in a bottle i think is simple <laughs> enough right that'd be a great like song it. on its own i yeah they should have just written that tune <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think i would call uh our podcast uh our drinking police podcast walking on the moonshine but um, mm, you know mm-hmm. we're you know we don't have to do it together what uh <laughs> well, how about how about this one Every breathalyzer you take. <laughs> <laughs> That's too real. That's too real. <laughs> From the police? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Wow. I, don't like it. I don't like it. This is, this is a podcast of safely drinking at that home. That is true. That is accurate. No one is you, driving. No one um, is driving. Scott, where are you at with the police? I don't know enough about them, honestly. I, I like early stuff i heard from them um i think that the drummer stewart right stewart copeland he's super talented and sting's bass lines were pretty great and the guitar player was super innovative i really like their sound but there's something about his voice and then about what i learned about him later in my life sting that is that really turned me off what, what did you learn later he just seems douchey (laughs) <laughs> that's uh, I've I've got that I've definitely have that part about Sting where like, and I yeah. mean he might be a great guy I don't know just something at one point in my life I was just like oh this guy's phony to me or something I don't know yeah yeah that and there's something about the really for me the early police stuff uh, that is like almost super punky the Regatta de Blanc Blanc I don't even know um there's like a, a live record of that stuff. They're playing in Boston, like 79 or 80. And it just, it sounds like punk rock. They play this shit super fast. Um, and it sounds innovative and super interesting. And then a couple of years later, it stings just not, not where I'm at in my exploration yeah, of, I agree. of their music, you know? Um, there's a funny, you know, I, I look for the tie in or whatever. And, there's an interesting one here because I always like when the, the a Beatle comments on the the band that I'm I'm trying to yuck it up about, yeah, but yeah. It, very interestingly, Paul says that there's a couple of songs that he wished that he had written that exist in the world, and he says that he wishes that he had written um, "Fields of Gold," that Sting song from like the early really? '90s hmm. that was like super prevalent. I think when we were, it was like just a radio staple. But to me, it sounds like this. I've always thought that that 10 Sumner's Tale Sting stuff was so bullshit, easy listening, like that I, I couldn't be interested in, you know? And so I thought it was funny that, that Paul would mention that. Like maybe there is some sort of songwritership there that I've just absolutely overlooked, but I. Not my, uh, not my copa, if you ask. I me. can't find it. <laughs> <laughs> And then Sting in turn says that he wishes that he were wrote Blackbird, but it's like, well, 
we all fucking yeah, wish. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Like, that's, right. <laughs> it's not a it's not a strong take, Stan. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, you too, um, Paul. Yeah. I wish I wrote <laughs> Beethoven's Fifth. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It doesn't work both. Yeah, yeah, this complimentary funnel doesn't work both ways like, for other artists to be like, oh, I wish I had written a Beatles song. Like, of course yeah. you did. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. One of the other things that we haven't talked about, and this is just kind of an interesting George Martin connection, is that um, George Martin at some point in the late 70s opened a studio in, in Montserrat in the, the Caribbean. He re- opened oh, an yeah. air studio. And a whole bunch of people recorded down there. Like he was like, I'm going to go down there and make like one of these like super luxurious, like you travel to this, like do a lockdown type thing. It's got a pool and yeah, it's, I read about it's this super recently. comfy. Yeah. And uh, Elton John recorded there. The Stones, I think, did Steel Wheels there. Lou Reed was there. Black Sabbath. McCartney did the, uh, I think it's Tiger. Oh, record. that's that tropical, that yeah. tropical Black Sabbath record, right? <laughs> All that steel drum. <laughs> <laughs> uh but um they did the first they they did ghost of the machine and synchronicity there which is you know i mean that's yeah that's pretty cool on that i don't know i mean george that's... martin's not involved in it but i love that you get to peace out and go somewhere awesome that george martin set up and and record right. a cool record so um i think there's a great documentary about this that i haven't watched yet yeah um, i think you're right yep but i'm gonna get on that right on top of that I think I, I do. did watch Did you it. guys yeah. ever in your 20s? Um, I was in an experience once where this happened. Do you ever play the Roxanne drinking game? Were you ever at a party where this came out? Do you know about no. it? No. So the what happens it seems appropriate to talk about on this podcast. What I don't know if I know. The, I don't know that song. Roxanne. Never heard it. Yeah. Not Roseanne. I know you love that sitcom. <laughs> so maybe that's where you're getting confused. Yeah. And I, I got to warn you, man, she's become problematic. All right. I don't want you to keep pushing this Roseanne agenda that you've got out there. But she's she, got you know. pipes, man. She can sing the national anthem, right? <laughs> no. So the Roxanne drinking game was um, when I played it, and this was a, you know, a different time back in the early 2000s, um, when they said, Roxanne, all the boys took a sip of their drink. And when they said, turn on the red light, all the girls took a sip of their drink. Yeah. And let me tell you something. They say the word Roxanne a whole lot in that song. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, that I drank like a lot of sips. three beers in one song. Like three like minutes. It song. was yeah. <laughs> a wild experience that I was not prepared for. Well, like every <laughs> line starts with that, I think. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then at the end, there's a lot of... Uh, Put on the red light is big. At the yeah, end yeah. Too. And they, they just alternate between them. That's where you get in trouble. <laughs> Good to know. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> yeah. We should do a special, a little chaser where we just do that. Play the Roxanne drinking game? Yeah. All right. Are is there, there not Beatles a Beatles drink? drinking I game? I know, right? I don't know what song. You'd have to do it to like Revolution number nine or I want. Or you just say easily. every time they say the word love. <laughs> at all yeah, ever yeah. you have to listen to the whole discography and every time they say love <laughs> and by the maybe end shot. you'll be dead yeah, maybe we should do we should do just one long zoom call where we just listen to the whole discography and drink on love wow that's the fi- that's s- the final ep- that's the final episode i'm into it that's a lot of commitment <laughs> we gotta like block out a pretty good amount of time for that <laughs> 
We were talking about um, escaping out to Becker's cabin for a a secret couple episodes over a weekend. Maybe that's uh, how we end one of the evenings as we play the Roxanne drinking game (laughs) and just record it. Yeah, I like that. If there's any other drinking musical games, we're open to them. Please send them our way. Yeah, send them our way. Do you have, yeah, does anyone know out there about a Beatles drinking game about which we are not aware? Um, yeah. I don't want to do the Google research. I want people to bring it to us. I don't want to make right. it that easy on us. You yeah. Know? yeah, and authentic. I want to hear from the fans. I want to hear from the scruffs. Yeah, I mean, when you you know go to the doctor, you want to listen to their... You don't want to go to the internet to learn about how to you know, do surgery. I don't want to go to WebMD. You know what I mean? That's a mistake. Or WebMD. Yeah, you don't have to do surgery. Yeah. I mean, I still think that, Scotty, you should go see a doctor and that rash, like... <laughs> It hasn't taken care of itself. No, you know, I just got to... You keep no. asking how. Cornstarch. That's all I got to do. Put cornstarch <laughs> on it. <laughs> cornstarch in the Roxanne game. They'll take care of yes. itself. <laughs> I'm good over here. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. This episode is sponsored by Argos uh, Cornstarch. Uh, if you're using anything else, <laughs> you ain't doing it right. I got a right. <laughs> So that's who the Beatles are, and we're about to get into this week's pick. But first, I think Scotty C has to tell us about this week's magical mystery word. Return. So that's this week's magical mystery word. And now, Scotty C, um, you picked this week's track. It's just the three of us. And so why don't you tell us about this week's pick? All right. Here we are. We got here. Episode 36. It seems like forever since we've done this um, at all, but especially you, the three of us. Yeah, you wouldn't know because we're we're firing on all cylinders. Oh, right well, now. We're of just course. Hitting the, yeah. I mean, hitting the post. We're right yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, all the all the technical stuff is perfect in order, and yep. everything's yep, yep, awesome yep. Uh, as always. But this song, uh, I, I noticed that we hadn't really hit up Rubber Soul in a long time, so I went with "Wait" off Rubber mm-hmm. Soul, which. Uh, Paul is a pretty much everyone agrees is a Paul tune. Um, and he and he says he wrote it in Bermuda while they were filming Help, and they were originally gonna try and record it for that record Help, but it either didn't fit or it didn't work out or whatever the reason was. I'm not exactly sure, and it ended up on Rubber Soul. Where they they revisited those. They didn't re-record it. They revisited those. Those are um, the takes. They revisited the takes from the help sessions, added some overdubs, and, and released it on Rubber Soul. I think they're a little desperate for something to round off Rubber Soul, but I like this tune because I love Rubber Soul so much. I can't imagine it without it at this point, but I guess we could all say that. Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not saying it's the life-changing Beatles songs, but I love that Paul and John are singing together for most of it. John starts it, and then Paul comes in and becomes their their thing. And then when Paul just sings the bridge, it has that like nice sort of contrast and that like it just becomes that beautiful Paul vocal, and they're playing power chords. Um, Ringo like drops a beat on this one 
there's like this tambourine intro, like, you know, boom. Then he's like, I love that the maracas come in. They're like, and it just like totally drives a groove for a little bit there. Um, It's a simple song, but all these little things make it interesting. Like the Beatles have often done so many times. George's guitar isn't just like playing chords. He's like playing these two note things that are interesting and using a volume pedal to swell it. And um, I think this was around that time where we were were starting to, or we recognized that they were starting to kind of just free up a bit and be like, let's do some shit, guys, whatever. Uh, I will also say on a little more of a nerdy music thing, um, the way that the song is like a minor chord verse, and then when they go to this chord in the chorus, it goes to a major chord, and it really changes the vibe of the whole thing. And they do this A6 chord, mm-hmm. or you could argue it was an A to a D major 7, but either way, like that sort of like major minor shift. You can feel it, and uh, I like I said, I can't imagine Rubber Soul without this song. Uh, I love that the two dudes are singing together, and I think we should listen to it, and yeah. you guys can tell me what you think. Yeah, we're going to give it a listen, and I would recommend out there to all you Bottle Scruffs that you hit pause on the podcast, go whatever listening device you have, go to whatever listening device you have, and give a listen to Wait from Rubber Soul, and we will see you back here in a couple minutes. It's been a long time, now I'm coming back home. I've been away now, oh how I've been alone. Wait, till I come back to your side. We forget the tears we cried, but if your heart breaks, All right, everybody, that was Wait from Rubber Soul. Um, Here's where I want to kick it off. I thought I was super clever this week um, in listening to this song at first and being like, this is more of a help song than it is a Rubber Soul song. Like, you know, (laughs) like I never knew this story until I was doing the research after like kind of getting my initial impressions of the song down, which is something I always like to do. I never knew that this was actually intended to be a help song. Were you guys aware of this before th- these last couple weeks? No, I was not aware. And I actually wasn't. Um, yeah. I did not know that this was supposedly uh, a help track that they worked on later. And I also didn't know that this was a Paul song. I actually always thought that yeah. this was a, a John tune. So same. Both of those things are one of those like, oh, we're we're digesting all of these Beatles songs. I, I I haven't paid that much attention to this, and so those are, were both new points to me. I I do wonder where it would have fit into help. Like I I think, um, apparently the the call was between this and Dizzy Miss Lizzie, right? And I'm always like, oh, you're gonna pick a cover over like a a Beatles original, but it's hard for me to remember that. Or, or kind of contextualize it in the moment the Beatles were definitely the biggest band in the world but still had to play off of this idea of 
pulling in these other tunes that were already popular to, to make a thing what it was. And Dizzy Miss Lizzie, I think, was supposed to be the like closing credits of Help. And they're like, all right, we, we need a rocking yeah, and that makes rock sense, tune right? for that, right? Yeah. You don't want this to be the um, closing credits to anything. Yeah. I, I, I mean, <laughs> it's a good song, Dizzy but Liz, not a closing. Dizzy Miss Lizzie is not my favorite Beatles cover, right? Like, I, I know the place it has in rock history or whatever, but. Like, I think the the cover they do of rock and roll music is better than the Dizzy Miss Lizzie cover. I obviously think Twist and Shout is better than the Dizzy Miss Lizzie cover. And those are kind of like the three, like, big, big rock and roll songs they do as covers in my mind, right? Well, yeah, there's so many, but yeah. Roll Over, Beethoven. That's true. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's a bunch, but. Yeah. Um, That was part of their thing. But yeah. Yeah. That help thing is interesting to me. And I, I wonder, so Scott, you brought this up. The The song is kind of made in my mind by the auxiliary percussion that's that's put on this one, right? Like nice. we've got like when those maracas um come in in like the second half of the verse, and then you get like the tambourine yeah. is really in there from the start. But when those maracas come in, it like it, it kicks it up a notch. Um, and I think that it really kind of ties the room together, as it were, like much like a rug would. Um, <laughs> that that wouldn't yeah, have been on. I that agree. wouldn't have been on help. I don't because know that all that right, stuff yeah. was added in Rubber Soul, right? Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They didn't give Ringo that much room, and he's doing all of this stuff, right? Yeah. Well, he's doing, the, doing the tambourine. Yeah, and he's doing the maracas. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you believe they let at the same time? You ever done tambourine and maraca at the same time? <laughs> kind of wrist you got? No, no. I, I I love the layer that it's added on the song, and I actually think that we would barely be talking about this tune right now without some of that stuff. Like, I think he's adding so much to it. Like, I um I I think there's a lot of nuance in the song that I gravitate towards. I think there's something very cool about what Ringo is doing. And then I think yeah. there is some um, lyrical nuance. Uh, yeah, to the way I agree with you there. They're, they're playing some of the pieces in here, you know, because generally I think, oh, Rubber Soul is, there's so many great songs on Rubber Soul, and this isn't one of them, you know. But, sure. It's not one of the best Rubber Soul tunes, yeah. Uh, sure. But when I sit with it and and think about what I like about this tune, like there is a lot of nuance in it that I'm like, oh, this is great and this is what makes like a Manfred Mann song not a Beatles song like there's something in here that is like the magic of the Beatles still while being generally general (laughs) yeah (laughs) going to that angle of the this is a Paul song in my not understanding forever like it prominently starts with John singing. I know that they're both yes. singing essentially, but it it feels like a John song at first. Like, is I that? Agree. Did you guys always know it was a Paul tune? No, I thought it was a John song. I actually picked it yeah. thinking it was a John. Song. <laughs> oh, you picked this as thinking we're doing a John no, tune. I, I I picked it thinking it was like a joint song. I guess I should yeah. say yeah, yeah, because the harmonies well, maybe... are throughout. I mean, they're singing throughout for for the most part together. Yes. Yeah, 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 and that's pretty. You know, like I. I love that too, though. I mean, that's right. We we talk about that all the time. But the fact that they are mostly singing together this entire tune is 
is actually a pretty cool part of it, you know. But it it starts feeling like it's a John song, and well, maybe it's because at, you're coming off of like in my life or something like that. But look at the tone of the lyrics that John is really taking the lead on, and they are that more dark, pessimistic, you know, like. Um, it's been a long time. Now I'm coming back home. I've been away. I've been so alone. You know, yeah. all, uh, wait till I'm back at your side. All these tears we've cried. Like, that is pretty classic John writing, you would think. Like, this is, and you look at the bridge where Paul is um, really out there taking the lead. He's singing solo for the first time in the song. Like, I've been good, as good as I can be. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You know I, what I mean? I've really gravitated towards that line, actually. I feel you ought to know I've been as good, as good as I can be, because uh, I'm like, Paul, you, you sly dog right there. Yeah, <laughs> like, yes, that's <laughs> yes, that's yes, sort yes, of yes, like, yes. Yeah, hey, but... I've been on tour. I've, uh, you know, like some things have happened, but I'm willing to come back and maybe we don't talk about them. And uh... <laughs> I've been as good as I can be. Hold yeah, on. exactly. As good as I can be is so. Such Still a has that line. Paul optimism to it, right? <laughs> hold in some on, weird way. Hold yeah. on, hold on. Interpretation, of course, right? Yeah. Of course, of course. Is Allegedly. it not like I've been as good? I'm not sure he's saying as as good as good as I can be, like the way you're interpreting it. I'm wondering if he's saying it like I've been as good as like as good as I can be in my heart, missing you so much. Like I've I've been okay. Like I'm I'm good, honey. Like you don't think it's like hiding something nefarious. I'm gonna be back. Like, yeah, that he's. I'm not saying that. I'm just pointing this other. Yeah, yeah. Instead of immediately going to a dirty, nasty thing. Maybe yeah. it's a beautiful love thing. I think he's saying, um, I haven't hooked up, but like, uh, you know, I've been to second base and like, can we let this go? <laughs> <laughs> and, and bases are very subjective. I don't even know what the kids are calling bases these days. Second base may be like moving in it's and like getting married. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm saying, the, you know, the classic second base. If you holding there, hands, you know. right? <laughs> Getting handsy. Ba- Hold- baseball is America's sport. We know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know how this translates to to cricket, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're actually raising the charts in Mongolia. Actually, pretty interestingly, we have seen some. I know Mongolia has that game where the the goat's head is played in sort of like a polo style. So, oh my god, they may not understand bases, but this is like getting the goat's head um, like a third of the way down the field. <laughs> Those those bots you pretty good then, really yeah. working, I guess, yeah. <laughs> no, I think there's like so, there's so much to talk about in that Paul lyric. I I thought about the same thing. That's my favorite part of this too. I but. have been good, well, as good as I can be. You know, yeah. like there there's that that piece of it that stuck out to me. But there's also this classic when John sings. It's yeah, things are bad. You nailed I'm it. I'm sad. Dude. Yeah. Those words rhyme, so I'm going to put them together, right? And then when Paul sings, it's like, but no, things are pretty good. We're doing all right here. Like, um, this is like we can work it out in some weird way of, like, Paul's got that, like, we can work it out. We can work it out, that verse. And then it's, life is very short and there's no time, right? And that's what John sings. You know, and there's something to be said there, which is why I'm like, 
is this all a Paul song? You know, like John says it in, I think, 1970s. Like, yeah, I think that's all a Paul one. Paul is willing to take credit for it, you know, but this is also more at a time when I think the, the collaboration between the two is so much muddier than we can even imagine of like, yeah, they're sitting and on beds in hotel rooms. They're together. on vacation writing the song. And, yeah. You know. And I, I can poke in a lyric here or there. You should do this chord here or there, whatever. Like, and probably not even um, remembering if that happened because they're exactly. stoned out of their minds. Yeah. But what we know is that the tape tells us John writes in a certain way with a a vision and a perspective that seems to line up more with the verses. And Paul writes in a way with a perspective that seems to line up with that bridge in my mind. Do you think they wrote it together and John's just like, nah, that was all Paul. Could be. Because he wasn't proud of it. That he doesn't care to claim it much. Because like... This is another one that, like, when you really look it up, is credited to sort of Paul thinking about Jane, uh, Asher yeah. about it, and and it, and maybe that makes sense. He's in a relationship; they're in the Bahamas, sort of longing for each other or whatever. But um, what I think is why I go back to the that line being nefarious that I've been good as good as I can be. He's saying that from the perspective of being a Beatle in 1965, which is to say, I've been without female companionship of my relationship, but. You know, like there's there's a lot of things at my fingertips here. You, you know who I, I I'm Paul McCartney in the Bahamas. You know, like life's life's I'm pretty. A, fucking I'm a cute good beetle, right now, and I know? don't wear underwear with my pajamas or whatever, right? <laughs> hey, hate it. Hey, also jelly beans, if I remember correctly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that that is. Uh, it's funny that we all have that here because I gravitate to that line a a ton. Where I was just like. This is such a funny well, I thing. Wanna, like, yeah. no woman wants you to say that to them. No, no. Just like, like, I go on business trips frequently. If I told my wife, yeah, I was good, you know, as good as I can be. <laughs> like, <that's, laughs> We're going to have a talk, that's just bro. Like, it's yeah. not really a description of my week away, you know. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> um, I want to go to the I, next I, line, though, real quick, if that's all right, Tom. Yeah. yeah, yeah, go for it. As good as I can be. And if you do, I'll trust in you. And no, you will wait for me. So, like, it's like insinuating you know the title already. And if you do, like, coming through the if you coming through the first four lines, I feel as though you ought to know I've been good as good as I can be. And if you do, I'll trust in you to. Oh, I see. She's saying like, if you accept that part, then I know that that's what I read. Yeah, I see. So if you accept that, I've been out dogging around if you know uh, this you know, then i trust that you- i mean that's that's how i heard uh. it but well but then that second half is like if you do that's like if you trust in me yeah then i'll trust in you but he didn't even say trust in me he just said as long as you know that shit happened yeah that's what i'm saying i think it's like this is my confessional do. i'm not giving you details some shit's gone down don't tell me just anything give me a blanket yeah. pass <laughs> i don't want to talk about it yeah I love clearly, you. But this is like, we were on a break, right? We were on a break. Some stuff happened, yeah. right? Let's just trust each other that whatever happened, happened. And if we can do that, let's move on. But that's, I don't know that together. he's giving her the same leeway. That's what I think is. That's what I. Well, are he they, does say, I'll trust in you. Are they like, living together? If, I don't know if they are. Because he says, I'm coming back home. And that's like. Yeah, uh, to say that. you're coming back home means you're opening a door to a home that you share with someone if you're writing them this, you know? 
I think it's also a little false at this point. Like, if this is help to be like, oh, Paul is really writing about his relationship with Jane Asher. Sure. This, like, is just a song about another relationship. Like, it, yeah, it's... Yeah. in And the the complexity of it comes from the idea that the Beatles early on were talking about, I want to hold your hand, about getting together. And now the, the extra layer is, now we're talking about maybe relationships aren't always this easy romantic thing. Now it's more like... Uh, we broke up. Can we come back together? It, it's a little more mature look at a general relationship. I think it's a little fanciful to be like, oh, it's about this relationship with Jane Asher at this point in his life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want to think they're maturing. I mean, this is, you know, right on the cusp of the stuff that we sort of take the Beatles at their most serious. Like, there is other stuff on this record that I take very like I take Norwegian Wood as like a very, uh, I don't want to say serious song, but I take yeah. that as like a very artist, earnest uh, and earnest artist, yeah. artistic and and purposeful tune. So I want to pl- apply that to everything else here, but yeah, we're th- you know, but it's a help song. This it's is just a, getting it's plugged in. It's a little song. bit of a toss off. They had to figure out like fifteen tunes or something for this yeah. record, which yeah. is a lot to ask. Of I mean, anyone, Run for Your Life is a scary fucking song and that's a real, like <laughs> yeah. is that one good for rubber soul i mean this one's way better <laughs> <He's> <laughs> basically telling that, is, that is a, he's gonna murder her <laughs> I, yeah yeah that's a weird end to this record yeah. to go with run for your life like, a, like well, that's threatening it murder struck me, yeah. we're not talking about run for your life but that struck me as a kid <laughs> where i was like wait i a remember like, this what yeah. is this like run for your life to, like i hadn't heard this like aggressive part of it and I had maybe not understood any tradition of, uh, like murder ballads and some of that like American music stuff, but um, it it came out of nowhere for me. For yeah, for, you know, I I think it's important to remember as we're talking about like the maturity of the Beatles on Rubber Soul, the thing that we've all recognized we just learned about this song, which is it's a help song. Yeah, it's not a Rubber Soul song, and. When I look at the the most kind of honest Paul song we've talked about so far, it's it's maybe for no one. Like that feels more like that feels like a Jane Asher song to me. And this isn't one album before. It's really two albums before because it's a help song when there's still but is it really a help song? Like, what are you taking off help to put this on? Because Dizzy Miss Lizzie doesn't count if it's an outro I'm song. just, I, I'm not saying it belongs on help. I'm say, I'm just saying that that's when it was written, recorded yeah, in, in that era. But it's also, what, four months before Rubber Soul? Five <laughs> months true. at the it's most? Not, it's not years. But those, it it is not. You are absolutely right. But the steps they take between... Help and Rubber Soul. I've been more of an advocate that Help is the turning point than anyone else. No, I. I... Um, but it's Help to Rubber Soul and then Rubber Soul to Revolver. I think are two giant leaps. I. Right? I mean, I'm not. I. I don't think I have fought you on the the Help thing. When you look at mm-hmm. the the songs here, I mean, there's there's some filler stuff in there, but not really. I mean. If you look at Ticket to Ride and John. you got to hide your love away. John. Um, 
I've just seen a face. I think is a great tune. Okay, Help, yeah, obviously yeah, is an yeah, awesome yeah, tune. Yeah. Yesterday is one of the greatest songs of all time. Yeah, okay. You're that you're you're making great points. Yes, yes. Act yes, naturally. Sir. My favorite Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite Beatles cover of all time. I, I I agree that Help is. There's something about the the shift in production mixed with writing yes. mixed with. Like everything starts to yeah. happen a little, everything starts to do this a little bit more, <laughs> and I'm doing things with my yeah. hands, folks. Yeah, you're, you're on a podcast, so I need <laughs> yeah. you to describe that for everyone. I'm doing Anthony Kiedis li- things with my for hands. For the listeners, Scotty's doing wiggly fingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're intertwined. They're, yeah. they're meeting no, oh, each other, they're separating. and then they're now separating. they're circling. Oh, yes. oh, now they're now they're whoa whoaing. <laughs> Oh, now they're laying down the beat? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like Kid O'Toole when she moonwalks. Yeah. That was the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we talk another, about that? Another, was the, one of the greatest exclusive. things I've ever seen. Yeah, I've highlighted seen my it, life. So yeah. And I can't believe she went left to right and then came back right yeah, to left. I didn't I think didn't she think had she it in her. And just yeah. had this face on like, yeah, this is what I do. Yeah, yeah I exactly. Just moonwalk. Yeah. <laughs> With that Chicago accent, that wonderful, <laughs> wonderful Chicago accent, just moonwalking across our hearts. Uh, <laughs> I do think it's weird that this is maybe still on the U.S. version of the record. Do you guys? But oh, that they had a chance to yeah. to not put this on. You're saying, and but they like, took the George gonna, song off, right? Stick with this. They took the George yeah. song off, didn't they? Yeah, if I needed someone, that was the one I looked at, and that's like, a great. That. that is a great song, and that's. I, would I mean, that. this is Capitol Records. It's not us. It's not the Beatles. Yeah. Um, we know now. Again, we didn't before this week. Apparently, that this was kind of a <laughs> late edition, like a throwaway from Help that they add some stuff to. Um, but yeah, if I needed someone, was definitely the one that stuck out to me. If, if not, Drive My Car, which has never been my favorite Beatles song, but that's not there either. No, but that's. I, I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, Drive My Car is a better song than this, and we're not ranking yet, but that's still a... uh, Drive My Car is a pretty good Beatles song. Yeah, and the intro, if I need... Does that come after this one? On the... Uh, Yeah, it goes, In My Life, Wait, and then If I Need I like That's a cool intro. I love that That song. You better run for your life. Yeah, yeah, and that's... I actually think this song suffers from the sequencing a, a little bit where like, I don't know, that's a tough place. I know that they were like probably looking for some filler and that's what they decided to to do. But oh. it's a tough spot because you want something to, you know, it, in that same way where like you iconically know every Beatles song and they're tracking and all of this stuff. You want this to feel a little bit better. And this moment has never felt that great to me. Like this in my life into weight has never been my favorite thing so and you know what i want to say can we uh got it can you cue up just like the last 10 seconds of this tune that remaster that i just played uh that i played yeah earlier sure the last 10 seconds yeah i think so wow all right here <laughs> it comes i've been alone i fucking hate this like I just <laughs> like it's such a garbage ending and it's just like it's so old and sort of hackneyed and it's probably just like 
how do you finish something like when you're on stage and like we're doing this like I know ending a song is so hard and and you guys as as way better musicians than as musicians understand that like writing an ending is hard but like I don't like this part at all like they just don't know what they're doing they're like oh my uh, god let's just do this thing Go ahead, Tommy. You got something? I was going to say, I absolutely loved this ending. I loved the <laughs> harmony. Until until you said the words, old and hackneyed. And then I was like, oh, shit. I think he's right. Like, no. This is so, like, traditional. But, like, I love the harmony that they're hitting yeah. in the ending. Okay. Yeah, sure. But I just but feel like, like it's... You're do you mean, like, I think the... you're right in that this is, like, a stage ending. <laughs> this is, like, then we bow. Yeah, you know. I can see that. I mean, I I think the sh- 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 is stupid yeah. as hell. If they just did, yeah. I've been alone, and it was like this vocal thing, and yeah. then it was yeah. none of that. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. You know, George doing that, uh, and and Ringo shaking all the things he has in all his hands, his octopus hands. Um, <laughs> So wait, is Ringo our like favorite part live. of this song? <laughs> Under the sea but with my octopus's hands. It reminds me a little bit of like a sort of a taste of honey sort of. Yes, uh, that's oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah, that sentiment is exactly what I'm I'm mad. About and I can right appreciate that. that. I can appreciate <laughs> but you your love feelings. The taste of honey. No, we love it, but I I understand where he's coming from. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't, don't get to do that all the time. You don't get to do that all the time, is what I'm yeah. saying. Like you can't just, you can't like, just be like, "Oh, let's do that shit again." With this yeah. one gimmick, you know. It's been seven albums <laughs> later, and, and that means at least like four months in Beatles time since they've done that. Yeah. Um, all right. Whatever. It's hard. It's hard to end yeah. a song. You know. It I, is. I hear you. I. You know. Rubber Soul. I'm going to say this. I can't even, I'm not going to back it up because I got years say of doing it. this, but say it. this is right at the top of my list of Beatles albums. Yeah. Rubber Soul. Yeah. This is like, okay. I feel like I've been more influenced by the White Album. I feel like I've had moments with all of them as we all have that take first place. And but I feel like Rubber Soul has always kind of been my album. Wow. I like I don't it. Think you've, I like that you've heard that yet. And I don't think I could live without this song on it. Ooh. Okay. But I could without Run For Your Life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it because... Um, and are we ranking? Are we starting to rank right no, now? No, ju- I just I wanted had, to share that. No, Is I it be- a couple points. Just- Is it because of the sentiment of Run For Your Life being sort of a darker thing? Or is it that you think that Run For Your Life is not um, uh, a good song? I think it sounds like he's going to kill his girlfriend if she doesn't do what he wants. <laughs> yeah. Well, that... <laughs> <laughs> and that's not... But you think that makes a poor song or... Coming from... Because like I, I like a dark song. I, I like, like a dark you know, song too, but not... You don't normally get that from the... You know, like That's not necessarily why you go to the Beatles well. You sort of get challenged with, with yeah. If the Beatles are going to sing about songs, like you know like, living in the ghetto or something, or like it doesn't work for me. Like you don't, it doesn't fit for yeah. me. Run for your life doesn't fit. Yeah. They're not some murder ballad. They're not writing doing long, people. long black veil. Yeah, they're not murder right, ballad right, people. Right, so. They're like love you people. And now you're going to yeah, write yeah. about killing someone. It's like all right, like what the fuck do I not know about you? <laughs> 
<laughs> you don't know a lot about me. <laughs> <laughs> and not, uh, I hear you on that. And I, it's and, also and not I, a great I, song. Uh, I'm actually, but. I'm looking forward to talking about that track. That's one of the ones where, I, you know, that's I'm a, conflicted on that song. Interesting turning I, I point song that, on that song. changed a lot of things for me personally listening to the Beatles, but that's not where you. you All right, Dexter. (laughs) (laughs) Really made me recognize that maybe killing people ain't that bad. (laughs) I've never seen Dexter. I I think I get the reference. Oh, spoiler alert. He kills people. I never seen it either. He makes all that meth in the trailer. That's Dexter. And he kills people. But then the zombies come. Um, but he's also but in the in the the New Jersey mafia. Is that but Dexter? The, yeah, and they they are riding motorcycles away from it. That all. Without is the big part. I got a question. And they also have dragons. Is that? <laughs> am I getting this right? You got, I think you got it. That's the elevator pitch. Yeah, that is it. Right. There. It's a super rich family that owns this giant company. That's like a oh, commercial. Yeah I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm watching Succession. Yeah, me too. I'm with you. Yeah. That no, am I wrong? That that Dexter is the question. Yeah. They just had the rape me. Oh my god! In there, and there's also the yeah. the intro song to that is one of the most amazing songs to start a show ever. I think. Oh, the, I haven't the, watched the, the new season bound. yet, and I can't remember the. Theme song. Oh my god! Yeah, just like that, incredible dude. Yeah. Anyways, I have a question. Yeah. And I don't want to harp on Rubber Souls. Uh, I don't want to stand around and compare. Is it going to be called Rub Her Feet? Which I think is interesting. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have that in your notes. <laughs> I don't have that one. I, I missed that yeah, part. Yeah, I it's think a, that was also about Jane like, Asher. I, I think something happened with your search history there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Jane, Jane Asher loved a foot rub. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that can stay. That can stay. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. We might second guess that one later. I think that um I would like to hear what number does this song rank in rubber soul? You don't have to say anything about any other song. There are one, two, three, four, UK five, version, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Fourteen songs, UK version. What number is this? And you have to say. You don't have to say anymore. I just want to know this. Fourteen. Out of fourteen, this is the worst song in the whole entire album. <laughs> I think so. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> it's so. <sighs> There's a couple I need to go like in the moment. I I need to go back and listen to right now, but it's it, it definitely in probably the thirteen, fourteen, maybe twelve to fourteen range for sure. I'm with you, but I, I I'm with you guys. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. All right, I, I thought we were letting. No, you no, no, we're not. No, we're not. We're not at all. Don't. Do you think oh, this is a? But that's it took incre- me a second to remember. Think for yourself, and I was like, "Oh, that's such a great tune." But do you think this that, song that is garbage? Fuzzy, fuzzy bass. Do you guys think this? Fuzzy. Do we want to get to ranking this a little bit? I I I want to just very quickly right. hit on a couple things, if that's okay. Yeah. 
do you think do you think that the lyrics of this are a song of like reuniting after a breakup but it's almost like you're welcome i'm back a little bit yeah, yeah i think so <laughs> for sure because he's like if your heart is strong you know like you'll get through this or whatever you know like and you'll get me yeah you're welcome. You got me. Yeah. yeah. I'm I back. You're that. welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know you dumped I know I know you dumped me. <laughs> yeah. But I'm back. Yeah. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's definitely a Jamie Tart. Do, right, do, like, do. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 this is something um I, I don't think we've really talked about it too much. Is I think the best part of this song is the middle eight. That like um, that little chug, Scott. You were saying earlier, it's the the power chords. Yeah, in that part, like I feel as though you want to know, like how oh, yeah. it, it just the Paul. It's just the it Paul break, vocal right Just here. the part Paul part. It breaks the the song breaks a little bit. It comes down to a quiet it's the thing. It's Paul McPartney. Yes, it it's building up, and it's like it. I think that that is the part of the song that really draws yeah. us in. It's such a shift from I'm, I'm with blamp. Blamp, blamp, and then we get to this like, like very, very cool. I'm you big like, on that, and then it bangs right into, and it actually feels more impactful. I think when it comes from the bridge into that verse the next time when yeah, it goes into, definitely yes. The the next time it's when he's like, it's been a long time. Like that feels more impactful after the bridge to me. Like that uh, that verse, the Lennon yeah. McCartney verse after that. I yeah, I'm with you on Do that. Do you think Scotty? What uh, I was gonna say, one of the bridges or the middle eights, as you say in Britain, um, is it? Do you like the one where the drums play through it or where they don't better? Oh, I don't know if I even picked up on that, to be honest. I need to. Because Ringo's just like crash. Yeah. For one of them. And the other one, he's just like. Well, the other one's longer, too, right? It like almost doubles up on that part. No, no I, don't, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Maybe that difference I noticed. I thought it was longer, but it's about the way he plays. Yeah. yeah, I think Ringo's offering so much. And just for a minute, can I offer a toast to that Ringo Tom? That, <laughs> let's offer a toast to that <laughs> yeah. right now because I think there's no that Ringo Tom it, yeah. little fill that he's doing in here is on. Like, that's do... what we call you uh, behind your back, <laughs> Ringo Tom. Ringo Tom. Ringo Tom. <laughs> I think that that thing is. Like you know what's both. actually um, on the back of this sentiment, I think a little bit, but there's something in these tunes, the early tunes, that they felt like they just had to stuff everything into it the whole time, right? Like this is lyrics the entire time, and there's something oh, where good even point. Revolver yeah. or something where they suddenly let the music breathe a little bit that they don't feel like they have to be singing over everything. But like, That's a great point from That's the get go on this point. tune, yeah. there are. I mean, before there's music, there's lyrics, and they don't stop the entire tune. I I, I find that interesting um, because that's. On Rubber Soul, right? We think this is the turning point. Like, I think that's how we always kind of talk about the Beatles. We use this record as sort of our middle ground of of getting to things that we love or think are, are true Beatles works. Um, but this has that thing where they're they're just like, we have to just be singing. Like, there's you can't not always be singing. ABS was the big George Martin thing. Was it really? No. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you, you had me on that one. <laughs> That's a fantastic point, though. I don't think I would have ever 
realize that. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I agree. Um, I, I forgot to mention this as we're closing out here when talking about that middle eight. We were all love the chug, love the power chords. And I think this is really a sign that, um, you know, the Beatles invented punk is what we're hearing <laughs> here. I uh, uh, I want to back you up, but there's probably some better examples. So we've got we, so the Beatles. I, I think we've talked about they invented reggae first yeah. of all, right? Yeah. They, they did. ska, shoegaze, yeah. and now now we've got punk, ska, TC. So, yeah, that's it. That's what I got. <laughs> Put my mark. File it away. Yeah. <laughs> I love that time. He's like, no, I'm not ready to wrap up. I've got this point to make. <laughs> The Beatles did it all. This is a they this Paul punk. McCartney song started <laughs> punk rock. Punk, punk McCartney. <laughs> punk McCartney. That's what you're talking about. Isn't that with Paul the Ramones? McSc- Paul McScartney. Paul Paul Punk. Didn't didn't isn't that the rumor that um, the Ramones got their name from a McCartney like alias? Yeah, yeah that's how we used would... to check into the hotels, right? Yeah. Paul Ramon? Polly Ramon? That sounds like our Paul. <laughs> I'm Polly Ramon. Paul, who who will be a guest? Leave at me some the point. fuck he's alone. Been invited. He's gotta pick he's gotta pick a tune. Yeah, I don't know that he's uh I don't know that he's on board at this point. Yeah, so We've- Paul McCartney used to check into every hotel under the name Reza Ramon. <laughs> and that's where yeah, the Ramones big. got their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to be respected as the scholars if we uh, keep uh, uh, for the record. I think he just Paul Rabone. <laughs> I think it was Ray Rabone. <laughs> I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm actually you right now, but I'm pretty sure it was Ray Ramon. <laughs> um, I was actually walking the dog the other day, and I was thinking that our podcast is like the opposite of improv. Where improv is like yes and and we extend each other's jokes. Where on this podcast we just take whatever Steve someone says <laughs> and then try and make our own joke. We do like a oh I didn't hear you correctly. Is my joke funny? <laughs> <laughs> Did you mean to say my joke? <laughs> and is that <laughs> funny? Like, of, like yeah. misheard redirection. Like uh, uh, I love it. You know, crazy. <laughs> Nothing's funnier than that. I don't Tommy. like don't how worry. much you guys are just trying to get wrestling into this podcast. Like that's. <laughs> I was just gonna say I'm when I said I, the Star Wars and all this other, but like rest, I can't get behind wrestling. When I, when I said I don't like Sting, I did not mean the wrestler. Yeah. I meant the bass player. Yeah. <laughs> There's a wrestler called Sting. Yeah, he had face paint and shit in the eighties. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah. He was technical. He was excellent. All right. <laughs> Here's where I'm going to start. Uh, Becker, you just sang a, a, a song as you were you were doing uh, ranking tunes that I think is a, maybe a good starting point. Is this a better or worse song than What You're Doing from Beatles for Sale? Is Wait a better or worse song than What You're Doing? Yes. Better. Yes, it's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I believe it's better, too. Yeah. What okay. you're doing, I'm in ruin. Like. Is it better than I'm coming up a few here and then we'll we'll see where we stand. Is it better or worse than the one after 909? Ooh. It's one after 909 is better. Got it? Yeah. 
it's like that whole thing where like what I like more or what is yeah yeah. So what you what you're saying this is, is we're a in close the spot. We're in a we're close in the, spot. So give me a little more. Yeah. We're in the wheelhouse. For me so at least. Let, let's talk. Let's talk about it's all too much, which we talked about last episode. I think that song is kind of like basic to me, but yeah, you were really like this tune's got nothing. Yeah, I could do that. Is is way better than Martha, my dear. No, I don't. Scotty seems to be questioning it. I think Tommy, we need your chime in here. And I'm just you're not just the like the man here. behind the curtain. You don't think I'm the man behind the curtain here? Personally, I don't think it's better than uh, the one after nine hundred nine. I don't think it's think. better than Martha or one after, but. Okay. Yeah. All right. Is our our yeah, list is that. fucked, right? Is it better than free? Is it better than free as a bird? <laughs> That's such a weird one. Yeah, that <laughs> no. one's so it's hard because <laughs> because of our age I too. Hate- at least because of my age, I bought the forty five when I was like whatever, yeah. fourteen years old or whatever it was, fifteen, and it meant so much to me. So I like ranked it mad high. I think. Plus, we had a guest. Yeah. Probably, we're not. Uh, I'm going to be honest. We're not that high right now. So. Um, we're not even halfway. Nope. Wow. We're not. We're halfway. in the 20s. We're in the 20s. Oh, we're in the I don't care where the fuck. That's it where goes I in. mean, that's that's perfectly where it belongs. Yeah, it's not as good as one after nine or nine. It's. I mean, so, Scotty, just so you know, if we're ranking halfway right now, 35. So we're talking about like, I've just seen a face, which I think is a better song than this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's all right? Give so, me one above that, I, I, just for a little more reassurance. Uh fool on the hill. Give me another one. <laughs> uh, nowhere, man. Okay, we're another good. rubber yeah, soul. Yeah, we're, we're good. So, like, I, I think those those two rubber soul songs yeah, yeah, yeah. are in the upper echelon of rubber soul, and we're talking about the the lower tier of rubber soul. Yeah, which, yeah. Um, it doesn't make it a bad tune. None of these are bad songs. But to come back to it, are we saying this is better or worse than Free as a Bird? Worse or better. That is a touch point, but um, I think Free as a Bird is better than this. Like, like when I really like taking a context Free as a Bird, like Scotty was saying, I think it's better than this. I was more excited about Free as a Bird than I was about Wait. Yeah, I, 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 I definitely. You know, like I don't want to separate that. Like, okay. you know, for the 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 spirit of our podcast, I, uh, freeze the bird is a better song than this. Yeah. I think All right, I'm I with you here. And this is interesting for me because I love this song. I've come to love this song more and more. And this is the one right below freeze the bird is tell me why personally. I think tell me why is better than wait. I really love tell me why I think what it's offering. Tell me why you cry, but I, I'm fine if I'm in the minority there and people think that wait is better than tell me why. What do you guys think? I think Tell Me Why um, is a sort of copycat song. I agree. And I know you trash the lyrics pretty hard on the episode. Yes, I did. So, um, <laughs> you know, it taught me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, Becker, I love I love that type is- of music. So I, I, I would yeah. 
that's the thing. Like when I've heard "Tell Me Why" since our episode, yeah. I've been like, "Oh, this song is so good." Yeah, it's and great. Just like as a <laughs> as a piece, yeah. like as a piece. I when I think of uh, and you know they're singing on that one together too, so it's great. But this yeah. one's a little more intimate. It's like a sparse. I can see that. Um, Becker, you think this is yeah. better than "Tell Me Why"? Right, I do not think this is better than "Tell Me Why" right now. Whoa! Today, I do not think that. But did you say it's better than what you're doing? Yes. All right. So we're right in the wheelhouse here. I'm I'm going to agree with Scotty on this one. I think it's it's hard to argue that Wait um, is not better than Tell Me Why. I really love Tell Me Why. I think it's great. But we're we're going two out of three here, and Wait is our new number twenty six. Oh, nice on the Beatles, uh, the Blotto Beatles list here. I did some reconnaissance. Some, uh... and we're calling it a Paul song, right? A fish. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, what was your, and, what was your uh, work? ranking the Beatles has weight on their list. So I always think it's interesting when we catch up to them and uh, their output, but they have weight um, above run for your life. All right. Which will be an interesting one for us. We will see. We will see. Yeah. I can't imagine run for your life being higher than this. Oh my goodness, that was another episode of Blotto Beatles. We did it, my friends. It has been a few weeks. This was awesome to get back with you on the in the virtual Abbey Road. Um, thank you again, listeners, for, for tuning in and listening. Um, Scotty, we did not hit the magical mystery word this evening. What was it? I, I can't believe we didn't hit it at all. I picked a, I picked a word that people say often, and I thought we would say a lot tonight. I think I need to get to like the Dalai Lama and like recenter myself or something. I picked <laughs> return. Oh, because like you, yes. you come back to your I girl. Think I'm, I think yeah. if I you were to look at my notes, I think ba- I actually had the word return in there and I just didn't. You say said it. go yeah. back a lot. And then like, yeah. also they, they, they written this song earlier and they, re- you know, played it later. So I thought they would return to it, you know, yeah. return to your girl, yeah. return to the song. I think that's great. No I don't think you need to question once. yourself at all. Yeah. I think that's yeah. a great pick for our mystery I think, word tonight. Yeah. I just looked. I said reuniting, not returning. Yeah. Like we were right there. Yeah. I, I don't think yeah. you. I don't think you doubt yourself for a minute on tonight's magical. Mystery Here's the word. thing that we had a nice because um, we hadn't hung in a while, so we had a nice pre-party on tonight's session. We yeah. maybe talked for about an hour. Or an hour and a half before we started recording, and that means I didn't need a magical mystery word. Yeah, fair <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> uh, to wake up in the morning. So, um, <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> so I am Scotty, and uh, the the happy you man are? across from me. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That stays. I am Tommy, and the man across from me in the virtual Abbey Road is Becker. That is the man who is happy that he didn't hit a magical mystery word. We are your co-hosts. This podcast, it's just produced. It's assembled. um, It's magically edited by your uh, executive producer of mine. That's Scotty C on the ones and twos tonight. Hopefully, if uh, things work out with Scotty's uh, troubleshooting on the internets, we will have additional musical supervision and assistance from our friend and yours, RB. That B stands for Beatles. 
Whether he's here or not, you can check him out on all the socials at Rhino Brooks. We're on the socials as well. As well. Um, you can hit us up at Blotto Beatles. Becker, we have a store at BlottoBeatles.com where people can buy t-shirts and whatnot. Yeah. What happened awesome. recently? We, any, anyone do that recently? Yeah, we've had a couple of people picking up some gear, and that's been really cool. Uh, I've never bumped into anyone in the real world in a uh, a Blotto Beatles shirt or hoodie, but um, I would really, I would love to. And so, yeah, um, com. there's a, a link to the store. Get some t-shirts, get some uh, hoodies, um, and we're selling those as reasonably as uh, as we can. So As they will allow. We, we honestly do not make any money on yeah. those at all. I think, it's, I think we make a dollar a shirt, but it's, again, just a way, like, we would love it if people got them and just to get the word out there. Yeah. Um, most importantly, please remember, this show is performed by absolute professionals. We had a couple of jokes about that this evening. But we we can't encourage you enough to enjoy Bottle Beaters responsibly. Yeah, None of us are driving home. Baby, you can't drive my car after yeah, we record. After yeah. we record an episode. That is accurate. I'm going to put my head into a pillow uh, about 20 feet away from me right now in a few minutes. So um, please do the same. Enjoy it responsibly. Call an Uber. Get a ride. Don't drive anywhere if you've been drinking. And don't forget also to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app of choice. Do you guys have anything else you would like to say this evening? I have one thing to say. What's that? Peace and love. Peace and love. Peace and love. As Scotty calls them, deuces. Peace and deuces. <laughs> deuces and love. Peace and deuces in love. Peace no, deuces. deuces in love. Just deuces. Oh. Deuces. <laughs> deuces. If your heart breaks, don't wait, turn me away. And if your heart's strong, hold on, I won't delay. Wait till I come back to your side, and we'll forget those tears we cried. I feel as though you ought to know that I've been good, as good as I can be. Coming back home, I've been away